G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway Podcast, the podcast that's all about intermittent fasting. I'm your host, Graham Curry from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilograms or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and have successfully maintained that weight loss. I'm also the author of the Amazon category best-selling book, The Fasting Highway, which will give you a great insight into what it's actually like to live it day to day, how to get started, what it's about, what are some of the health benefits that come from it, and how to turn it into a successful long-term lifestyle. In this series of podcasts, you'll be hearing from people from all over the world, from the beginners to the experienced and those that are on the journey. You'll also be hearing from some leaders in the intermittent fasting community, and you'll also be hearing from some past guests as we recheck in to see how they've been going. And thank you for joining us here on the Fasting Highway. Enjoy the show. G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. And this is episode 142. And just before I get started today, just a couple of quick thank yous. I just wanted to thank those people out there that have been buying my book, The Fasting Highway. Uh, it's the story of an everyday man, myself, uh, that's overcome sugar and fast food addiction, found his way with intermittent fasting, and lost 60 kilos or 132 pounds. And I'll give you some insight into what it's actually like to live an intermittent fasting lifestyle by someone that's done it, and also someone that's been able to sustain it now for over three and a half years. Uh, you'll get some tips and tricks on how to start, a step-by-step guide there. What to do when things aren't going quite to plan is a 15-step sort of self-examination you can work through in the book and also some stuff around maintenance as well, which is important once you actually lose the weight to make intermittent fasting sustainable for life. You can find my book on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle. Okay, folks, let's get started with today's podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to be speaking with Rachel Bush, and Rachel is from Birmingham, Alabama, in the United States of America. And Rachel's been married to her amazing husband, Stephen, for 22 years. And together they have seven wonderful children, four girls and three boys, ranging in age from one years to 19 years old. Rachel is a full-time homeschooling mama who loves her family more than anything. And she feels that she was born to be a mama and break many of the old patterns of motherhood that have continued in her family for generations. Upon her journey of seeking healing, growth and the right way of parenting, she discovered intermittent fasting and what a treasure chest and blessing it has been. And here to tell us all about that blessing is Rachel Bush. Oh, g'day, Rachel, and welcome to the Fasting Highway. And thank you so much for joining me there, all the way from Birmingham, Alabama. Thank you, Graham, so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to our chat, and I'm super excited to be joining you. Super excited to have you here, Rachel. You're a very inspiring member of our Fasting Highway Facebook community. But for those around the world that may not know your story, if you wouldn't mind just sharing a bit of that, some of your backstory and sort of leading up to the issues you had with weight or health in your life and sort of how you found your pathway to intermittent fasting. Okay. Um, well, so I guess I'll go back just just a little bit um, to when I was a child. Um, all those years ago, I just turned 40. So uh, many moons ago, um, I was, you know, a little girl who kind of grew up in a very um, dramatic traumatic um, household, two households. Um, and I just had a lot of chaos going on around me all the time. And, and I was the oldest. Um, and so I 
you know, looking back now, I can see that I really turned to food for comfort. Um, and at times there was not that much uh, food to be found. Um, so when food became available or sweet things became available or treats or things that weren't normally, you know, on the menu, then I would just overindulge. And um, so looking back at a little girl, Rachel, I can see that, wow, I really found a lot of comfort in eating really carby uh, sweet things. Um, so, but I was not really aware of it. You know, I, I just was a little kid and, and not really aware of weight. I was never really overweight, um, to an extreme degree, but I was always just a little fluffier than, you know, some of my friends or even my little sister. Um, I had a little sister who was a lot thinner than me. And so I guess I did as a little kid kind of compare myself to her and kind of wonder why I was, you know, fluffier than she was and around the middle and, and, and that kind of thing. Uh, but when I was in the sixth grade is when I really first realized that I was bigger than a lot of the girls my age. And that was when um, my sixth grade teacher did some, I don't know what it was um, that she actually did, what it was called, but she kind of weighed, weighed everyone in the class. And um, some, some way it kind of got announced what some of the girls' weights were, and mine was one of them. And I don't remember, I want to say it was maybe like 110 or 115, but it was more than some of the other girls. And so at that point, you know, I was, I was probably 12 years old and I realized like, oh, wow, like this is a thing. And so that is when I went on my first diet. <laughs> and I say diet very loosely, but I began to bring like I had my mom go and buy me salads to take to lunch. And I remember the first uh, the first time I ever took a salad to lunch in the sixth grade, I made the mistake of putting the dressing on my salad in the morning. And so the salad at lunch was super soggy and just disgusting. Um, but so that's when I remember really realizing that like weight was a thing that my, my weight on the scale was more than some of the other girls. And from there, I really had a distorted view of weight. Um, so when I was 13, I, um, in the seventh grade, I remember doing for, for PE, I did a paper on eating disorders. And I believe that the coach um, had us do the paper to see like the negative effects of eating disorders. But for me, I looked at it and I discovered tools and other ways of losing weight and getting skinnier. So it kind of like backfired for me and probably the intended uh, purpose of me doing the paper ended up being something that I then used as, oh, I can, I can do this and I can do that. And so from 13 until I was about 23, um, I had an eating disorder. And so I would binge um, because remember, I already had that comfort eating thing going on and um, had some, you know, some other just traumatic things that happened to me as a, as a young teenager. And, and so from there on, I took that information that I gained from that paper um, which was things like 
laxatives, using laxatives, um, trying to be anorexic. I remember trying and wishing that I could be anorexic, which is really sad to think about now as a 40 year old woman. Um, but I wished that I could not eat. I loved the feeling after I would binge and then I would purge. I loved the feeling of having nothing in my stomach. Um, that feeling was something that I wished that I could, you know, continue to have all the days, but I couldn't. So I, I for about 10 years, um, I struggled with overeating and then causing myself to throw it up, um, which was really sad. And um, so it took me a while, I would say, to really get out of that um, that addiction to that numbing is really what it came down to um, numbing myself out and then feeling really bad and feeling really gross and feeling really sick to my stomach. And then, you know, wanting to get rid of that feeling, wanting to get rid of that um, grossness. And, you know, there's a lot of shame that came with that. And I already had a lot of that in my life. Um, you know, lots of different feelings of just rejection and abandonment from my mom and, you know, lots of little things going on in my, in my little kid heart. And so, um, I struggled with that for a while. Well, so, um, when I was 18 years old, I got married and, um, I, you know, I'd go back and forth during that 10 year stint of that eating disorder. And, you know, sometimes I would go through seasons where I would be doing a whole lot better. My boyfriend at the time, which I ended up marrying, you know, he, he kind of found some laxatives in my wallet one day. And, um, so he kind of knew what was going on. I had some people, I, I had lived with my grandmother when I was 15. And so she kind of knew that I was abusing laxatives. Um, and all of that wreaked havoc on my digestive system. And um, so I got married when I was 18. I probably weighed like 140 pounds. And um, a year later, um, when I was 19, I got pregnant with my first baby. Um, and then um, I probably, let's see, when I, when I got pregnant, I had already gained a few pounds. So married 140. And then I probably gained like 15 pounds uh, during that first year of marriage, eating lots of, you know, fried chicken fingers and, and eating out and things like that. Um, and so I was 163 pounds when I found out that I was pregnant with her at 19. And then I worked when I was pregnant with her and I walked to work every day, um, which I think really helped me not gain a ton of weight. And when I had her, I weighed like 190 pounds. So I think I gained like 35 pounds, something like that. Um, and then after I had her, um, sadly enough, I kind of reverted back to my old ways. I, I you know, when I was pregnant, I never, <clears throat> I never binged and purged while I was pregnant. Um, but afterwards, I did. I did. I remember being up late at night. Um, my husband would be in the bed and I would just go and just, you know, stuff my face with all kinds of junk and sugar and then go throw it up. And, um, you know, I felt so horrible. You know, there was still so much shame and I was still struggling so much to like overcome this thing um, that I had been struggling with for so long. So um, I kind of went back and forth with that <clears throat> after I had her. 
um, and got back down, you know, to like 160 pounds by my six week checkup. Um, and then I probably lost like 10 more pounds after that. And um, then when she was two and a half, um, I had my second baby. And in that pregnancy, I gained 50 pounds. And um, after I had him, I was like, you know what? I'm, I've got two babies now. Like, I've got to get a hold on this. There's no way. Like, I didn't want to have that be a part of my life. And then that bleed over into their lives, you know. And um, so I was really trying to get a hold of it. And, um, and I did really well. And so instead of going back to the binging and the purging, um, I went to the gym and I ate a lot of chicken breasts and baked potatoes and broccoli. Um, and I lost all of my baby weight and I got in really good shape and I felt really great about myself. Um, and then uh, when my second baby was about three and a half, I had my third baby. And with that pregnancy, I gained like 50 pounds I, and I just, I felt so humongous. Um, and then after, after having him, um, I was like, you know, my husband and I had gotten into some alternative, um, ways of eating. We were looking at some different things, um, raw food. I don't know if you, if you're aware or remember that this was back in 2009 when he was born. Um, and so raw food was like a thing where you, you just ate a lot of raw fruits and vegetables and you didn't cook anything. And, um, some people were even eating meat raw, but I wasn't going to do that. Um, and so, and we also became vegetarian at, at that point after we had him. And so I lost my weight kind of gradually. It probably took like a year and a half um, to lose that baby weight, but I did. And, um, and then uh, when he was about three, I had my fourth baby. And with that pregnancy, we actually moved to Jamaica and we were still vegetarian, um, but we didn't have a vehicle. And so we walked everywhere that we went. So I did not gain nearly as much weight um, with my fourth baby as I did with the other ones and uh, felt actually really healthy and really strong. And, and I was in really great shape. And, you know, in Jamaica, they don't they don't have all the junk food. It's not as easily accessible as it is here in the States. And so I think, you know, just the fact that I ate a lot better and I walked a ton. Um, I, I had my second home birth with her and it was amazing and it was wonderful and it was just awesome. Um, and so I didn't have nearly as much weight to lose with that one. But we came back to the States when she was about three and a half months old um, and still vegetarian. And I went to the gym. Um, I did insanity um, at home and I lost all of my weight. I probably weighed about 180 pounds when I had her and I lost all the way down to like 145. Um, and I felt really great. I mean, I was in awesome shape and I worked really hard to get there. Um, but about two months after I reached, you know, like this pinnacle of, of uh, where I wanted to be. I got pregnant again um, with my fifth baby. And when I got pregnant with her, I started dreaming about meat. I mean, I was craving meat all the time. I was dreaming about it. And I was just like, I've, I think my body just really needs meat. I don't think this vegetarian thing is going to work for me anymore. And it had been like six years that we had, that we had been doing that. Um, and so I went 
with, with that pregnancy, I went from one extreme of like no meat, no artificial anything, no, you know, just like a purist kind of like mentality um, to the complete other end of the spectrum where I ate the first thing I ate was a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. And from there on, I mean, I just ate everything. Um, and so when I, when I went to give birth to her, I weighed almost 200 pounds and, um, I was not in good shape at all. And I ended up having to have a C-section and there was, this was supposed to be my third home birth. And it, so there was a lot of trauma and just disappointment surrounding her birth and um, the, the bounce back, you know, the postpartum after having her that C-section and everything was just really hard. And now I had five babies. And so I did not invest into kind of getting my, my body back um, after the fifth baby, like I had all the other ones. And I was just in a, in kind of just a really low place. And so like a year after having her, I weighed, you know, almost the same amount. I think maybe I had lost like 15 to 20 pounds right afterwards. And then um, through nursing her, I actually gained some weight. So um, I was not very far from where I was once I had her like a year later. And as you can imagine, I know, you know, you've never had a baby, but <laughs> just looking at yourself in the mirror and not liking who you see, um, which I know you can relate to that, but it just, you know, it did something to my, to my head. And, um, I just didn't have the desire, the drive, the want to, um, to get back where I was. I mean, I wanted to, so I went and cut my bangs off because that was like the thing that I could really do and change in the moment. But as far as like, I knew I didn't want to go back to being a vegetarian and that's what I had done, you know, for the last six years to kind of like stay healthy and, and kind of keep the weight off. Um, but I didn't want to do that. And I just didn't really know what to do. So I didn't really do anything for like a whole year, maybe a year and a half. So in 2017, um, I kind of found Trim Healthy Mama. At this time, I weighed like 140 pounds, 184 pounds. Um, found Trim Healthy Mama, which I don't know if you ever heard of that, but it's kind of like a um, fuel source separation deal where you, you don't do your fat and your carbs together, like you separate them. And so it sounded really good and they had some really good um, recipes, but as far as like, and you had to eat all the time too. That was the other thing. So I remember being really hangry um, and just thinking it was just too much, you know, just figuring out what could go with what and what couldn't go with what was just too much for me at that time. You know, I had five children and a lot going on and homeschooling and all this. And I just, I just couldn't be bothered with it anymore. So I may have lost like five pounds initially and then, you know, gained, gained five pounds back once I decided that I couldn't do that anymore. So I had some friends on Facebook who had a lot of success with um, keto so I was like, okay, keto. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. And they had lost like 15 pounds in like a month or something. And um, patience was another thing that I really struggled with. So I needed something quick. Like, you know, what can, can I drop 20 pounds in like two months? Because if so, sign me up for that. So I tried keto um, and I 
just felt horrible, you know, and everybody said, well, it's fine. You know, it's like you just got to get over the hump. You know, you're going through detox and the keto flu and, and like all that kind of stuff. So I was like trying to push through. But at the same time, being super hangry with my with my kids and everybody's miserable. I'm miserable and they're miserable. And so that didn't work either. Um, and then in 2018, the very beginning, I got pregnant again with my sixth baby. And I hadn't really lost, but maybe like 10 pounds, like down to like 175, maybe. So got pregnant with her. And I guess because I was up so high already, I did not gain as much, but I still gained like 40 pounds. I was over 200 and I'm 5'3", by the way. Um, so over 200 pounds, you know, at giving birth, 5'3", that's a lot of, of weight extra um, to be carrying. So, but I was like so help, uh, hopeful because I had tried keto before and I just thought, well, you know what? I tried it and it was hard and I gave up. So I'm going to try that again. Um, so after I had my sixth baby in 2018, that was my plan. So I kind of dabbled and kind of slowly worked myself into keto. And then um, in like June of, of that year, 2018, I was like, I'm going full force into keto. So um, that was my plan. And that was my goal. And I would, you know, do keto for like a couple of weeks. I think maybe the longest I ever did like strict keto was like four weeks and I felt really good and really proud of myself and I would lose like 10 pounds you know um maybe 15 pounds in like a month um and but then my I would just feel so tired and so low energy and mind you I was still nursing at this time too um and I was just like I've got to have something so instead of going and just having like sweet potato or like some rice or something sensible and logical, <laughs> I would have deprived myself for so long that I would just go eat cookies and cakes and, you know, all kinds of sweet things and um, completely just, you know, derail myself and then feel bad and then, you know, be considering that a cheat. And so then there's that whole mind game that you have going on there. Well, I cheated and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and so... I, uh, I was like, you know, I don't know if I can do <clears throat> keto. Maybe, um, maybe this isn't for me. And during that time uh, is where I first heard of intermittent fasting. And it was kind of in the context <clears throat> of bulletproof coffee. Um, and then you just fast until, you know, your first meal at like 12 or something. So I tried that. Um, that was when I had first heard of intermittent fasting. This was in um, 2019. And at that same time, I also heard about carnivore. And um, so I kind of dabbled in that a little bit. Um, and, you know, for probably, uh, let's see, from March, I believe it was, of 2019 until June of 2020, I kind of did a combination of keto and then carnivore and then dirty fasting. And then I tried some really long fasts. Um, I found the snake diet. If you've ever heard of that on YouTube, which is like extreme fasting, like the idea is you just fast for however long you can. And then if you just really need something to eat, you eat a little bit of something and then you fast for another really long period of time. So I tried all of that stuff uh, between March 2019 and then in June of 2020. 
I finally was like, okay, I have heard because during that time I had heard of the clean fast um, because I had found um, Jen Stevens um, pod, uh, podcast. And so I'd heard people talking about the clean fast, but I was just like, oh no, like don't mess with my morning cup of coffee. There's no way I'm giving that up. I'm just going to, you know, try to do this dirty fasting thing and just see what kind of results I could get. And I did, I lost some weight during that time. Um, but finally I was like, okay, in June of 2020, I was like, I'm just going to bite the bullet. I'm going to just try this clean fast thing. Cause I've been listening to the intermittent fasting stories podcast and hearing people talking about how the clean fast really did work. And they were just like me talking about how, you know, letting go of the cream in their coffee, um, you know, was the hardest thing, but when they finally did it, that's when things really started changing and the fasting became easier. So I was just like, okay, let me just give it a go. So I did, I started clean fasting then June of 2020 and from June to November, I lost 20 pounds. Um, I went from like 172 to uh, 158 um, or maybe 178 to 158. I lost like 20 pounds. And I was like, wow, so proud of myself. Um, it had been, you know, since my having my fifth baby in 2015, since getting pregnant with her, that I had really felt good about myself again. Um, while pregnant, I usually feel good about my body, you know, because it's supposed to, you're supposed to have a big belly then anyway. <laughs> but as far as not being pregnant, it had been so long since I liked what I saw in the mirror, at least felt, you know, comfortable in my own body. So that was November of 2020. And um, right after pretty much finding out, you know, I had um, come to this place of, of really uh, feeling successful. Um, I found out I was pregnant again uh, with my seventh baby. Um, so I had so many mixed feelings that time um, because I had finally, like I said, reached this place where I was at this weight and I was like on this downward trend and I wanted to see how you know far I could go. And when I found out I was pregnant, I really struggled mentally with gaining weight again and having the scale go back up after trying to get it to go down for so long. But, you know, um, I got through it. Um, I gained 15 pounds in like the first trimester and overall I gained 60 pounds. So that brought me up to this most recent adventure, as I say, with intermittent fasting. So um, after gaining 60 pounds with my seventh baby, who just turned one, um, I had him in August of 2021. And I knew after having him that I needed, to, that fasting was the thing, you know, it had worked for me. It was the last thing that I did before I got pregnant. But Graham, let me tell you, going back to black coffee for the second time was so mentally was such a struggle for me. I don't know why, because in like the back of my mind and I would have these conversations with myself, like, you know, what works, black coffee works. That's what works. But from August to November, um, I tried everything I could to not have to go back to black coffee, <laughs> which sounds so silly to me now. Um, but you know, postpartum and all the emotions and all the hormones and all the things, um, of now having and seven babies, I was just trying to hold on to my cream and my coffee. 
Um, but, uh, you know, I knew that that's what I needed to do, that the clean fast was what worked before. I knew that it would work again. And I knew that I needed to just bite the bullet and, and do that. So from the time that I had him um, and when I did have him, I weighed 218 pounds. So I went from 158, 60 pounds later when I gave birth, 218 pounds. And I was just, you know, as you can imagine, I could not stand the way that I looked in the mirror. Nothing fit right. You know, I'm not pregnant anymore, but I still look pregnant. So during that time from August to November, I tried uh, low carb. I tried dirty fasting. I tried, you know, to fast, but keep the cream. And I did lose some weight. You know, I always tend to lose like eight, uh, 20 pounds kind of right off the bat. But just like um, before with breastfeeding this time, I still gained some weight back. So when I started the clean fast on November 27th of um, 2021, I weighed 201 pounds. So I'd lost 17 pounds um, at that point in time. So I'd lost some and then kind of gained uh, probably like three pounds back. Um, so when I started the clean fast, that's how much I weighed, 201. And this, I picked that date because it was two days before my oldest baby's birthday. So it had been, um, she turned 19 and I was like, you know what? I've been a mama for 19 years and it's time that I, you know, go back to this clean fasting that I, um, you know, really invest into my health and be the mama that I want to be, you know, because you can't, you can't be the person that you want to be if you, Number one, you hate what you see in the mirror because then that messes with how you feel about yourself. And if you can't love yourself because you just are detested, you know, disgusted by the person that you see in the mirror, then I knew I wasn't showing up for my children and for my husband the way that I wanted to. And so I picked that date um, for myself as like, you know, a, a marking point of because a mama is who I am. A mama is who I was born to be. And it's, you know, the most important thing in my life is these children and I want to be the very best you know mother that I can be for them so um, started the fast the clean fast the black coffee put some salt in there you know because I knew I remember that that helped a little um, had to figure out how to tweak the coffee to get it taste to taste just right because I'm a big coffee person I I like my coffee strong I don't like my coffee looking like tea um I love coffee. So I had to figure that out. And I started super duper slow. Um, I feel like the difference this time starting the clean fast from before in um, 2020 was that I wasn't trying to find the quickest way to make it happen. Um, in 2020, I was looking for the quickest way to make it happen. I was, you know, mingling the clean fast with keto and I would go back and forth between keto and carnivore and long fasts and just trying to speed up the process. But this time I was just like, you know what? Um, I know that the long term is the most important thing. I was nursing my baby, obviously he was only three months old and I knew I was going to have to go slow, you know, for the sake of my uh, milk supply and, you know, my mental health. And, um, I just knew that slow and steady was going to win the race for me. So I started off 
really slow. Um, I would drink my black coffee and then I would have my first meal at the beginning at like 930 um, because that was when I was hungry. So I would open my window at 930 and then I would try to close it at by eight. That was like my ending point, eight o'clock. Um, and I did that for like a month straight. And then, you know, the next month I moved to like 1030 in the morning closing it at eight o'clock. And by two months of doing that, I had only lost one pound. <laughs> and I was definitely discouraged in that, but I was having to remind myself, like you're, you're doing this slow and steady. And I had talked myself through it, um, listening to, to stories all the time, you know, anytime that I could listen to them. Um, I was listening to people's stories to inspire and encourage myself. Um, it was, it was kind of hard to not overeat. I did find myself at the beginning overeating quite a bit. I don't know how much that had to do with nursing my baby and then how much that had to do with just kind of switching from, you know, nine months of eating whatever I wanted to and as much as I wanted to and overdoing it, you know, kind of trying to normalize and balance out my um, hormones, right? Uh, because hormones and balancing those out has been a huge part of my journey. Um, and, you know, having babies in that whole reproductive years, you know, your hormones are all over the place. As a woman, your hormones are all over the place just in general, but then you get pregnant and they're all over the place and then you have the baby and they're all over the place. So kind of finding balance um, with my uh, satiety and my hunger cues and like when I was full and all of those uh, hormones took a while for me to find a place where I um, could eat a meal, you know, when I opened my window and I wasn't ravenously hungry and just going kind of crazy. So for the first two months, I kind of worked on that, just um, getting used to the black coffee, um, trying to find my balance and not overeating and overindulging. Um, and I only lost one pound, but I was okay with that. And so basically after, after those two months and only losing, uh, one pound, I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to look at this scale really anymore. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to trust the process. And so I didn't weigh myself again until April. Um, and that had been five months. So five months later, I finally weighed myself again and I was down to 184 pounds. So I'd lost 17 pounds, 15 pounds after I stopped looking at the scale. Um, and during those five months, I was feeling so much better. Um, my, um, my patience level had, had gotten a lot better. I knew that my hormones were kind of balancing out. Um, I knew that I was, my, my uh, digestion was a whole lot better. Um, and back to me uh, abusing laxatives when I was a teenager, my digestive system for, you know, a long time has just been kind of really messed up. I would go days without having a bowel movement. So, um, and be bloated all the time. And, you know, just, I don't know if I had, um, irritable, irritable bowel syndrome. I was never diagnosed with that, but I had all the kind of symptoms that would go along with that. So my digestion improved in those five months. Um, my mood improved in those five months. 
um, my ability to, like I said, not be completely ravenous when I opened my window, that improved in those first five months. And I was just kind of finding my groove again, you know, and, and starting to feel better about myself. Inflammation was down a ton. Um, my joints weren't hurting all the time. Um, I had I had really bad like hip pain, lower back pain, um, pain in my fingers. Um, I had eczema on my the palms of my hands. I've had that for probably 10 years. Um, and my, my palms and my hands would itch so bad that I would, the only thing that would make it feel better and like cause it to stop itching was to run my hands under really, really hot water and just scratch them. I mean, it was yeah, kind of weird, but that was a thing for me too. So in those five months, that was gone as well. Um, I was, you know, have, I was able to use the bathroom every day. Um, so a lot of things were improving, even if, you know, I wasn't really seeing the scale go down that much. But in April, when I finally weighed myself and I was down 17 pounds, um, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, I was so encouraged. I was so excited. I was like, I knew it. I knew this worked. I knew it, you know, because I guess at the beginning when you don't really see the scale move um, and it's going slow, you kind of wonder, even though, you know, I had had success before, I still was just, you know, trying, I was, I guess I was fighting that whole need to make it happen quick um, deal, which is just kind of my journey of learning patience. Right. Um, so in April, that was where I was 184 pounds. Um, in April, also, I started going to the gym and working out pretty much every day, um, if not like every other day. So I added that into um, my kind of daily routine was working out. And from April to August, I lost 18 uh, more pounds. And um, that that's kind of brings me up to, to where I'm in, out, at right now, which is um, 52 pounds um, lost total from from when I had him, had my last baby. Um, and 35 of those pounds have been after I started back with the clean fast. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. It's been a journey. It's been um, so great to kind of get back into the swing of a clean fasting lifestyle, um, which I, it's been like nine months now um, since since I started that. And um, I just I feel awesome now. I feel, you know, I'm starting to really. Um, like the way I look in clothes and like to wear real clothes and, you know, not workouts and sweat clothes and things like that, which is what I lived in for, for a really long time. Um, so I um, am excited about where I'm going to go. I'm hopeful, you know, of, of how I'm going to see kind of the scale continue to go down and, and continue to see my body change and um, be strong, you know, um, not I I mean, of course, I wanted to lose the weight, right? I wanted to lose that 60 pounds that I gained when I was pregnant. I wanted to see how much more I could lose and how, how close to like my normal weight that I should be, you know, not being pregnant and all of that, um, that I could get to. But having seven children and being a mama full time in a homeschool, like I, I have, um, I have priorities now that go beyond my what I weigh and what I even look like and 
you know, some of those are patients, you know, like I mentioned, this whole journey of intermittent fasting for me has been as much about learning patience um, as it has losing weight. And um, patience, you know, I feel like when you learn patience in any area, it kind of bleeds over into all the areas. And so learning patience with myself, being patient with my children, um, being calm, um, when there's chaos going on all around me, you know, not to internalize that chaos and let it become my chaos, but to be able to be calm and peaceful and then handle whatever situation I need to handle with my children. Um, having energy um, and not being tired all the time, which I have so much more energy now. Um, not having not having uh, pain be a part of my life, you know, where I was in pain all of the time. Now I, I have relatively no joint pain at all. Um, headaches were kind of a thing. I don't really have any headaches anymore. Um, I'm, like I mentioned, the thing on my hands, the itchy hands, um, that's not a thing anymore. So I just, I love... I love this lifestyle. I love that I have found this. I feel like this has been such a blessing, um, a tool, a treasure chest of blessings, if you will, that just roll over into every area of my life. That's a fantastic backstory. You've been busy, I'll tell you. Seven children in that period of time, in someone 22 odd years. Yeah, that's an amazing sort of achievement in itself to bring seven children into this world. And I can't imagine how crazy and chaotic that can be, as you described, and to be able to deal with all those things that you've had. And right back, we'll wind it right back, and you talked about from sort of, you know, those 10 years where you had that binge eating and you sort of overcame that and you got out of it. Did you have much professional help or was it something you sort of did on your own when you saw when you moved to Jamaica and you made that transition and into the vegetarian, did that sort of change the sort of picture with that binge eating break the sort of cycle? I did not ever go for professional help. Um, and that probably had just a lot to do with shame. Um, so I did not ever go that route. But I do think when we switched to kind of cleaning up our, our diet and going into like the vegetarian lifestyle, which also included, you know, getting rid of a lot of junk food and, and just, you know, garbage food, if you will. I do think that that really helped um, me because um, I think for me personally, like you, like you have also I've heard you talk about sugar, sugar for me, because it was always something that involved sugar. Anytime that I would binge, it was something that it wasn't like, you know, chips or, or something like that. It was always something sweet and sugary. And so I look at sugar kind of like a drug, honestly, um, for me. And it just, when I would open that door to that, you know, if I'm having a stressful moment or whatever the, the, the kind of trigger is, and I would reach for that cake or reach for those cookies or reach for the donuts or brownies or whatever it was. Um, I feel like when I removed those foods out of my diet, that really helped me. Um, not first of all, not to reach for them, but then also I didn't binge on them. So I think it was over time working on that, working on myself, um, actively really trying to overcome that. But then I do think a lot of it had to do with removing some of those, you know, drug uh, foods that I that I ran to or um, that I would binge on. Taking those out of my diet definitely helped. Yeah. Yeah, I can sort of really relate to that. I know with my own sugar addiction, and you're right, sugar is an addictive 
I want to ask you about making that transition from dirty fasting to clean fasting. What were the differences that you noticed and did it make it a lot easier, your fasting in general, once you went into that clean fast? It totally did. Um, absolutely did. As hard as it was mentally kind of for me to go to the black coffee and switch that, um, immediately when I switched to the black coffee and took the cream out of my uh, out of my coffee, I was able to fast longer. Um, when, I, when I had the cream and the artificial sweetener in my coffee, I found that it was harder to fast for longer, you know, so I couldn't make it as long. Um, but once I took it out, you know, I guess I wasn't revving up my, uh, my kind of, you know, my digestive system. I wasn't telling my digestive system like, hey, here we go. Here's some food coming. And so it was it was OK to, to wait longer um, once I switched to the black coffee. So it once I got over that mental hurdle of, you know, not having something in my coffee and um, kind of being afraid of the black coffee, um, it definitely helped me to be able to go longer, to fast longer. Um, and I saw results, you know, so I think I was, I was missing out on the continued fast, you know, giving my body longer to heal and to rest and all the wonderful things that, that your body's doing when you're, when you're in the fast. Um, and so not, you know, kind of cutting that short because I wanted you know, to be a, a child, if you will, and, and have, you know, cream in my coffee, like, no, I'm going to have cream in my coffee. Once I kind of gave that up, it, it gave my body longer to, to be able to do what it was doing. And I needed a lot of healing, you know, I'd had, um, C, a C-section and, um, you know, just a whole lot of, a whole lot of stuff that needed to go on for me, um, that I was kind of preventing just, you know, by having the cream in my coffee. So once I let that go, things really started changing. Not only was I able to, to fast for longer, but, you know, I started feeling better. I could tell my inflammation got better. My digestion, digestion improved. Um, the bloating went away. Like so many things happened after that. I feel like that changed everything for me. I think that's fantastic and as we know the magic does happen in the clean fast Rachel and you know we want to keep that insulin as low as possible without spiking it and giving our organs a rest from digestion and I always refer to it as like giving your body a free car wash every day you know your internal organs are getting that scrub you sort of imagine somebody in there scrubbing away your organs your cells regenerating taking out the old it's like opening a fridge right you've got all this old food in the fridge it's sitting at the back that's been there for a while it's expired or whatever and then you get it all out, you throw it out, and, and you get rid of it. And then you go down the shop and you buy all this beautiful, you fresh, healthy food. Well, that's the sort of process I sort of think about when it comes to my cells being regenerated every day. It's taking out that old and putting back in the you and the fresh and making you feel rejuvenated. And I think that's why when we get to the end of our fast, we feel so energetic and rejuvenated. And you mentioned there sometimes it was hard too when you're opening your window that you felt like you really wanted to go at the ball hard and sort of eat and eat and eat. But one of the things I always say to people is if they have problems with that, is to maybe open with something a bit higher in fat, something like a cream in your coffee or some, you know, cheese or avocado or something, and then just take a rest. Just sit back and pause for a while and reflect and think about it and just let that sink in. And that sort of will take the edge off for anybody out there that's having any issues like that. But you mentioned there about the trigger foods, how you work through that. You knew you had a problem with sugar. You started reversing those foods out of your diet and you saw the results coming. 
And sort of with your window, were you sort of sort of craving things or were you eating anything or were you really just delaying a few things at the start on both occasions when you were doing intermittent fasting to get those results? Um, so when I first started uh, the second time around, um, this most recent one, I didn't really restrict any foods. Um, I kind of just ate whatever and it wasn't that clean at all. Um, but a couple of months into it, you know, I found that my body was just naturally craving healthier things like vegetables and salads and, um, you know, meat. And, and so it was kind of just a gradual thing that I got back into. Um, and, and so now, you know, I don't, there's no foods that I absolutely, you know, forbid or, or completely deny. Um, I try to really drastically reduce sugar. Um, I've had, you know, three of my kids have had birthdays in the last two months. And so I've had a piece of birthday cake, you know, on their birthday. Um, but I try not to really have sugar be a part of my everyday life um, because I know I know that it is a trigger for me. And it's and, and, you know, not only is it a trigger for me if I have too much, but I just don't feel well when I eat sugar. So one of the blessings that I have found with intermittent fasting is that it's given my, my body or, or maybe it's given me a greater in tunement maybe to my body and how I feel when I eat certain things. Right. And so when you don't eat, but just a couple of times a day, I feel like you're better able to understand and, and connect the dots with how something in particular, you know, makes you feel. And I just find that I want to eat foods that make me feel good um, and stay away from ones that don't make me feel as well. Or, you know, if I have uh, Chick-fil-A for instance um, for dinner, um, then I probably will be a lot hungrier the next day sooner than I normally would if I'd had something that was more nutritious, you know, had more fat in it, had, you know, more of what my body actually needs and wants. So for me, I did not really start out eating super clean or even clean at all, really. Um, but it's been something gradually that I have found that I naturally want. And I've been able to connect the dots with how I feel the next day. And if I'm hungry the next day and how long I can fast, it, it always goes back to what did I eat the day before? Um, and so, yeah, so I, so the fasting has made me want to eat better. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate to that. And I think, you know, you're the 150th odd person I've interviewed on this podcast. And I'd say probably over 140 of them have said the same thing, that they've naturally gravitated towards a higher quality food. And I think the longer we go, and the way I look at it, I'm going to fast all day. Well, I want to make sure my window is going to be as worthy as possible to complement that fast. So if I'm fasting clean, then why can't I eat clean? That's, that's my own philosophy anyway, and that's what yeah. I stick to, and it's worked for me. And I always say I like to eat what makes me feel my greatest. I don't eat whatever I want because eating whatever I want, Rachel, made me as obese as I was. And so when I think about it and I use that mindset of I am going to eat what makes my body feel my greatest, I do not want to go to bed at night feeling like you know rubbish and I can't sleep and all the rest of it and I'm restless. I want to eat something that's going to make me rest peacefully. And so that's just an internal process that people can work through. But let's talk about the seven children now. Now, what's the mix, boys and girls? I have uh, four girls and three boys. Okay. So four girls, three boys, seven children. Uh, you're a homeschooling mama, as we heard. How does that work? Have you always homeschooled all your, your kids? I have. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's fantastic. So for their whole school life, you've been a teacher? 
I have. Yeah, I've graduated one, my, my first graduated, and she's now in her first year of trade school. So super excited and proud of her. Yeah. That is amazing. So you really didn't have that disconnect from school during COVID that a lot of parents obviously had that had to end up homeschooling their kids with no experience. I mean, you're already doing that anyway, so that wasn't really an issue for you. But seven kids is a busy household, Rachel. I mean, you're preparing food all day. Kids eat a lot. Kids are constantly eating. The little kids need their mums and dads to prepare their meals for them. So for the mums out there that have got sort of, you know, a few kids running around and they're worried about how they're going to get going with intermittent fasting, how it's going to fit into their lifestyle, you know, how it's going to fit into the school life and all of that, just give them some tips and advice being a, a mum with seven children, how you sort of applied the mindset to make that work for you. I really haven't found it to be difficult. Um, in fact, I found not eating when like they're eating breakfast or lunch to be actually beneficial um, because I'm, I could just focus on them and focus on what they're wanting and focus on what they're needing and then cleaning up afterwards and not have to worry about, you know, fixing my meal and my food and, and also being able to sit down and eat um, because, you know, I have little kids too. I have a, a one and a four and, and a seven-year-old and um, they're kind of, you know, needy and so, uh, and they're messy, you know, so I find that I'm able to get them what they need and, you know, help them with whatever they're, they're needing help with and clean up after them and that kind of thing um, without having to also be worrying about what am I going to eat because it's typically not what they're eating, you know, for lunch your breakfast um also you know just having the freedom to not worry about it you know it's just it's not been hard for me at all i'll say um i, I know that maybe for some people it can be kind of tempting to to eat what what their kids are eating but my kids kind of eat you know kid kid meals um and so it's not you know typically that tempting for me and i just find it easier to not have to worry about what am i going to eat and being able to sit down and eat a meal um when i'm, I'm actually going to be getting up and helping them and you know I, I, if i was eating at the same time they were it would be not very enjoyable or pleasant it would be a lot of getting up and getting down and breaking for this and helping with that and that kind of thing so i just find it easier actually yeah Hey, Mandy, you mentioned your, your husband there in your, your bio, Stephen. Obviously, he's been a huge support to you for all these years. I mean, seven children, he's obviously pitched in a lot. And has he been very supportive, obviously, with your intermittent fasting lifestyle as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He is amazing. He's he is so encouraging. Um, and he for a long time, he was encouraging, but he wasn't really interested himself. Um, back when I did intermittent fasting in 2020, um, even when I did keto, you know, he tried it for just a little bit, but he's never really had weight to lose. Um, that's never been like a thing that he's worried about or been concerned with. But um, this time around, I'll say that a couple of months ago when I was listening to Jen's podcast, I heard your um, second interview on there. And so I went and bought your book and he read your book. And after reading your book, he started intermittent fasting. Um, again, the big thing for him was switching to the black coffee, <laughs> but he did it. And um, he's been doing it for a couple of months now and he enjoys it. And yeah, he's, he's, he's amazing. He's super, super supportive. Oh, that's fantastic. And a big shout out to Stephen. And thank you so much, Stephen, for reading my book. That's most appreciated. And yeah, mate, keep at it. Your wife's done wonderfully well. And, and I'm sure you will too. But 
You know, some of the mindset that you've displayed in this podcast and resilience of all those things that you've been through in your life, and then you've overcome them, you've had seven children, and you've been up and down, up and down with your weight. Man, this can be a big toll on your body. And, and I'm interested, too, that you mentioned about the hormones and the balancing and that sort of thing. And just for the ladies out there, what sort of processes were you going through when you're looking into that and sort of what were you doing with that? Well, um, I pretty much just knew that I was all over the place. You know, I mean, like I said, when when you're pregnant, you know, your hormones are kind of all over the place. Um, after having a baby, they kind of have to re re-regulate and balance out again. Um, so I, I'm not a huge medical person. I'm not that fond of, you know, doctors and, and that kind of thing. So I'm more of a kind of a figure it out yourself kind of a person. <laughs> um, and I believe a lot in other people's stories and what's worked for them. Um, so I knew from a lot of the research and the reading and the stories that I had listened to that um, in, that fasting in general is so good for so many things, you know, not, not just for weight loss and, um, and uh, you know, overall health, but specifically for hormone balancing, you know, it, it obviously um, helps with uh, your brain and just all kinds of things. And so I knew that whatever issues I was having and I knew hormones were a big one, that fasting was going to help. So I kind of looked at fasting as like a cure-all um, for whatever might ail me. <laughs> and um, it has proved to be that. Um, I, I have read a couple of different books. One was The Hormone Fix. Um, she kind of promotes more of a keto lifestyle, um, which I don't really um, follow. But, you know, she kind of just gives a lot of information about hormones and how they can get off off track and out of whack and how um, insulin pr plays a big role in that. And I'm pretty certain that I was insulin resistant or, or kind of um, borderline insulin resistant. So I knew that if I could get my insulin in check and I knew that fasting would do that for me then I knew from what I had read and studied that kind of other things would kind of come into line to where they were supposed to be and so I found that, that that's been the case I mean I definitely feel more um, stable and more you know kind of um, calm and, and streamlined um, than I did before where I kind of just you know mood swings and stuff all over the place so I'd say that fasting is just, it's so beneficial for so many things. And uh, for me, um, kind of balancing out my hormones and helping with my moods, it's definitely done that. Yeah, well, a lot of things you mentioned here are so true. And, you know, it is a lot more than just weight loss. I mean, for men and women, it can be very beneficial for a lot of things. And, um, you know, I say to anybody out there that's struggling with their weight or that sort of thing to give it a go. but. We're getting sort of towards the back end of the podcast, Rachel, but I really want to tap into this great mindset that you've had because you've overcome so much and you're on the road to sort of redemption, if you like, and, you know, a healthy long life with all your kids and then your grandchildren coming. You've got to have a big tribe there in Alabama and, you know, all of the years and years you've got to look forward to. And I mean, at 40 years of age, to have seven children, I mean, when I first saw you on the screen, I thought this woman's only like 22 or something. How much you got four and seven kids? I had to look twice. And you look amazing, I've got to say. but. You know, for seven children, that's just unreal. I have to ask you the question. Is, is there a chance of number eight or number nine? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's kind of um, yet to be determined. I don't know. I never set out to have seven children. Um, 
In fact, after I had two, I thought, oh, my goodness, I can't do any more. But, you know, here I am with seven. So I don't know. We'll see what the future holds. <laughs> and the split was the youngest is only one now and the oldest is 19. Is that right? On the seven That's children? right. Yeah. Wow, that's quite an age range too. And that you, the fact that you homeschool and all, that's another thing. I mean, you're a homeschool teacher for all these kids and you intermittent fast, you bring up your children, you school them. Man, you're like a super mum or something. It's just unbelievable, Rachel. And I can't tell you how sort of, you know, inspiring that you've been in this podcast. But just to close out, if you were sitting around there in a cafe with a group of friends and you're talking about intermittent fasting, they said, hey, Rachel, we don't know how you do it. You know, you look great, fantastic. What's the secret to your success? And what would you tell them to give them some tips of advice? I would say that you should really just prioritize and invest into yourself and into your health. And fasting is the easiest, freest thing that anyone can do. Um, I mean, and there's there's been some you know people that I've heard that said that women shouldn't really fast, that nursing mamas shouldn't fast, and I would say that you don't listen to any of them. You know you have to kind of um, experiment for yourself. Um, I've I've nursed all of my babies. I'm still nursing my baby, and I'm fasting, and I feel wonderful. My milk supply is great. Um, it's just it's amazing what what transformation you can see when you really decide to take care of yourself, invest into yourself. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that you can't love your people well unless you first love yourself well. And, um, yeah, going going to a clean fast, being patient with yourself, giving yourself grace, kind of getting the mindset of slow and steady does win the race, Um, taking hurry out of your vocabulary, and just being committed to your health and, and your life and your longevity. Now, I love it. Loving yourself first, absolute key and vital. And then once you start learning to love yourself first, it can flow to everything else around you and everything becomes so much easier, doesn't it? You know, and that patience aspect that you talked about, you know, the first time you're in a hurry, you came in, you're rushing, you just wanted to get the weight off. You didn't look at it as a lifestyle long term. You just weren't looking at it as a weight loss tool. But now you're looking at it as a lifestyle and you're not worried about how long it's going to take, and that's the way to look at it, you know. It took me 55 years to get as obese as I did. It took me 15 months to reverse it. So it does take time, and it's important to know that after that, then it's a lifetime lifetime that you're going to sustain this for. So when you start, keep it in mind that this is a lifestyle and it's got to be sustainable for life. It's not a five-minute fix. But, Rachel, thank you for joining me here on the Fasting Highway. You've been super inspiring, and I'm sure you're going to inspire a lot of people around the world. Thank you, Graham. Okay, take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Oh, thank you so much, Rachel. I really enjoyed that chat with you, and I really loved the mindset that you displayed right throughout that episode. And your story is certainly one that's sure to motivate and inspire many people that listen to it around the world. And thank you again for joining us here on the Fasting Highway. Also, folks, as mentioned there in the podcast, if you do want to get some information about intermittent fasting and looking for some help or a support group, 
Come and join us here in the Fasting Highway Facebook group. We've got over 7,500 people in now from all over the world and they're only too happy to give you some help. So that's the Fasting Highway Facebook group. Uh, also mentioned there, if you do want to get some sort of insight into what it's like living an intermittent fasting lifestyle from an everyday person, well, you might find that in my book, The Fasting Highway. I'll give you some tips on what to do, how to start and find some whys, what to do when things go not quite to plan and also how to plan for the maintenance side of it once you actually get the weight off and the mindset around that and also some links to some tips and help around the intermittent fasting lifestyle. Okay, folks, until next week, be well, be safe and remember, clean fasting is everlasting.